Today's episode is sponsored by ConvertKit, the email marketing platform for creators. Now I use ConvertKit and I've been using ConvertKit for years because I found it was the most efficient and easy to use out of all the email service providers. And I'm a super efficient person, like efficiency is one of my core values. So it was a natural fit. ConvertKit simplifies your email marketing by combining powerful automations with an easy to use interface. I love using the visual automation builder because I'm a very visual person and it helps me to organize all my automations in a super simple and easy way. Automations are so important as a solo entrepreneur because it saves you so much time to just be able to set it and forget it. And with ConvertKit's automations, you'll never have to worry again about your email delivery. When you create a sequence in ConvertKit, it's easy to switch between emails and editing in a single window. No pausing the sequence or clicking in and out of multiple pages in order to make changes. This is really important because I know some super annoying providers that once you set a sequence, you have to pause it in order to edit it. But then what happens if somebody signs up while you're editing it? It just makes no sense. ConvertKit doesn't do this to you and it's magical. ConvertKit also integrates with all of your favorite e-commerce platforms, lead generation services, and membership sites. I use mine with Thrivecar and my website and loads of other programs. Now, the best part about ConvertKit is that they run on a sliding scale payment system, so you can get started for as little as $9 a month when you learn all about its systems and how to grow your email list. And then as your email list grows, you'll slowly go up in cost. But to start off with, it's super affordable. You can get started with ConvertKit today by heading over to callenbrecken.com forward slash ConvertKit or clicking in the link in the show notes. Now, before I jump into today's episode, I just want to ask that you hit that subscribe button to show your love and support on whatever platform you're listening from. Now, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome to the Business Day Podcast, where we talk about all things entrepreneurship, marketing, and business. I'm your host, Callum Brecken, and on today's episode, I have co-founder and CEO of the CGLCC, Daryl Sherman. The CGLCC is Canada's LGBTQ Chamber of Commerce and is a national non-for-profit organization with a mission to expand the opportunities and advancements of the LGBTQ business community in Canada and has been in operations for over 20 years. In June of this year at the organization's annual summit, the Honorable Mary Ng, Minister of International Trade, Export Promotion, Small Businesses and Economic Development, announced that the Government of Canada had selected the CGLCC to administer Canada's first ever LGBTQ entrepreneurship program. The $25 million investment will assist entrepreneurs who identify as LGBTQ in overcoming the systemic barriers they face when starting and expanding their businesses. I myself am a certified diverse supplier with the CGLCC, which means my business is 51% or more owned and operated by someone who identifies as LGBTQ. Mine is 100% because it's just me. Um, and I'm also one of the 23 mentees in their Out for Business Mentorship Program, which is actually coming up on my graduation very, very soon. But I'm looking forward to continuing to work with the CGLCC and supporting them as they grew through this new and exciting chapter. So with all that said, let's jump into the details with Daryl. So hello, hello, Daryl. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you for inviting me. It's exciting to be here. Yes. And I'm just so excited to talk about this first ever of its kind in history, kind of a grant that we got from the Canadian government. So we are going to jump into all of that with you. So let's start off with 
first, I want to know how long had you been working on to bring about this grant to further the CGLCC and what it does for Canadian entrepreneurs? Because I know that this didn't just kind of happen out of thin air. So this year, it marks the 20th anniversary of the CGLCC. So we've been working on this for 20 years, I guess. I don't know. It's uh, it, it feels like that. Um, it really, it's, I would say that we've really been focusing on this over the last um, three to four years. Uh, over the last uh, several years, we've seen here in Canada the rollout of other programs to support other marginalized entrepreneurs. So we saw the rollout of a program supporting black uh, black entrepreneurs, women entrepreneurs, um, and, and so we we really advocated and and uh, lobbied hard for the federal government to roll out programs to support um, uh, 2S LGBTQI plus entrepreneurs. We know that there are significant barriers and challenges um, similar to what other diverse entrepreneurs face, but also unique challenges and barriers. And there was we felt that there was. Uh, a need for dedicated programming and supports for our community. So, so yeah, we we worked hard over the last over the last several years to to make sure that government um, government officials um, and, and business community were aware of the needs and were aware of the challenges and the barriers and and what supports like this could could do and what it could mean for the economic. Um, empowerment of these businesses, and at the same time, strengthening the Canadian economy. So um, it's finally, I, I'm very excited to say it's finally come to fruition. But yeah, it's been it's been a it's been a long slog, I won't lie. Yeah, and we're going to dive into all the details, um, exactly what is going to be happening. But I did want to point out that LGBTQ plus businesses account for over $22 billion in end in economic activity in Canada and employ almost half a million Canadians. So I was curious, where did you find those stats? Is it just from like your years of doing all this work that you kind of brought it all together in order to kind of present that to the Canadian government? Yeah, so we've been doing, we have been doing research for the last several years. And um, back in 2019, we actually conducted our first national landscape study looking at um, the Canadian ecosystem, looking at um, what are some of those those barriers and challenges and, and size and economic impact of, of the, the business community here. So we did our first study in 2019 with um, in partnership with um, Deloitte. And we we redid that again a couple of years later. So back in 2021, 22, I think we we did that. We relaunched the study again. So so we had some relatively solid data, some solid stats to kind of work with. And that really was key and critical for us to um, uh, to go in when we're when we're talking to government, talking to um, leaders, talking about the the size the impact that it could have so um so we had that kind of foundation that um that foundation to to start to work from uh clearly there's a lot more data and research that's still needed uh, but at least we had some of that fundamental basic uh data to start with yeah, which is really important because I can only imagine when you're having these conversations, you need to be able to back up why the Canadian government government needed to make this investment into, um, you know, LGBTQ plus entrepreneurs. So with that, how long between signing everything and making that announcement 
did it actually all kind of come together? Because I know it was Mary Ng. Um, I don't know if you worked directly with, I'm assuming you worked with, because she made the announcement at the summit. I was actually at the summit. I was sitting right up front and I was the first, like the first, second person to talk right after she was on stage. So it was very intimidating to have that kind of huge announcement. But um, what was that time frame between being like, yes, we have it to then bringing it out and like letting everybody know? So I would say that we really started kind of start fleshing out the, the program back in the fall of 2022. So um, basically the government had had uh, agreed that there was a need for a program like this. They um, they had decided that they were going to commit dollars to it. We, we didn't know how many dollars or um, what that was going to look like and how the program was going to, what the program was going to look like. But they'd at least made that commitment that, yes, there was um there's something that they wanted to work on with us uh and so we built this out using what they call a co-development model so rather than the government doing this in isolation building out a, a program that they felt would meet the needs of our community they wanted to really work closely with us um and us being kind of the the canadian uh 2slgbtqi business ecosystem uh, work with us to flesh out what this program should look like. So we had um, several partners, uh, other organizations across the country uh, that advised the government on what we felt this program should look like. So this is, um, so when we, when we look at what this program has kind of rolled out to be, that was developed by, you know, a handful of other organizations, other 2SLGBTQI organizations that focus on entrepreneurship and business. So, um, so these conversations started in the fall. And I would say that we had the, the, the rough framework um, built out by kind of March of, of this year. Um, so really, a lot of this has been happening over the last several months. Uh, we're still kind of uh, you know, so the minister, as you pointed out, and made the announcement in June. Uh, there's still things that have been fine-tuned and 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 tweaked over the last, uh, even since then. Uh, but essentially, we're really excited to be able to announce that in June. Um, now, the the reality is is that there's still a lot of work to to kind of get to where we need to be to be able to fully roll out all the different elements, but we've already started the work on, on kind of delivering and, and uh, executing some of those activities. So. Okay. Well, speaking of those activities, uh, let's dive in a little bit deeper. Now there are three main kind of programs attached to this grant that you announced, which uh, it is the business scale up program, the ecosystem fund and the knowledge hub. So I want to dive a little bit deeper into each one so that people can get get an understanding of what's actually a part of the program in general as a whole, and then also in these three kind of different sectors that you're going to be working through. So let's first talk about the business scale-up program and what's the focus of this program and what can folks expect from it? Yeah, so I should, so this, the entire fund is, is $25 million and this runs over three years. So it goes till March, 2026. Um, and so of these three funds, so the, the scale up um, uh, pillar, if you will, uh, is valued at around eleven and a half million dollars. And that is really meant to to deliver programs and and um, services kind of at the national level and rolling those out kind of nationally to support our businesses really being able to start and scale up um, so that they can 
the supports that they need, whether it's from a mentorship component or whether it's from a uh, access into global markets. It's really strengthening the, the programs, the services, the offerings uh, kind of done at, at kind of at the national level. So this is work that CGLCC will be directly delivering. Um, so I can give you a few kind of the core elements. So I mentioned mentorship. Mentorship is going to be a big element of what we're going to be building out. Um, we have a, we currently do have a, a, a youth mentorship program, which you're familiar with. Yeah, um, I'm part of it. I'm one of the mentees. You <laughs> so, you know, so you have a little bit of a taste of, you know, the importance of mentorship. And we know that from the research that we, we just talked about, one of the biggest gaps that we've identified that to us LGBTQI entrepreneurs uh, face is access to mentorship. So we're really filling that gap. So we're taking what we our, our youth mentorship program and really making it accessible um, to to all to us LGBTQI entrepreneurs. So not just youth. So we'll still have the youth program, but we're going to be expanding um, our ability to serve kind of all uh, queer entrepreneurs through mentorship. So that will be a big element. Um, and again, that will be a national a national program bringing in mentors and mentees um, and not sure what it's going to look like, to be honest, because that's part of what this exercise will look like, whether it's going to be cohorts, whether it's going to be self-directed and a regular intake, not sure yet. Um, but we're expecting that over the course of the three years, we'll have hundreds of people that will uh, have gone through this process and we'll have um, a really strong network and database of, of mentors available and ready to support our, our, our entrepreneurs. So mentorship is one piece. Um, certainly our supplier diversity program and access to corporate procurement is another big piece. So we're gonna be able to strengthen that. So we'll be delivering certification again, nationally, um, and especially in areas that we're, to be honest, are underrepresented. So in terms of if we're looking in Atlantic Canada, in Northern Canada, where um, we've had where we feel that there are gaps. Um, so we'll be, we'll be working in, in, in some of those regions um, to really be able to deliver certification. And, and what that means is helping to connect to us LGBTQ owned businesses with corporate procurement opportunities. So supplier diversity, um, global, global is another big piece that we'll be, we'll be delivering under this, under this pillar and that is really to support our businesses accessing international marketplaces. So that means helping to put them through an incubator program. So we'll be updating our incubator, our global incubator program, and delivering that uh, several times a year to businesses that are interested about going global and need to know, you know, need to know more about it, need to know kind of what are some of the skills and um, uh, knowledge that they need to, to be able to deliver that. Uh, and then actually conducting two trade missions a year for the next three years. So very excited about that. We have an upcoming, this is my plug for our upcoming oh, trade mission. We actually just went on the upcoming trade mission to Denver and it was fantastic, wasn't it, Daryl? <laughs> it was It was so exciting. And so um, I am so glad that you're able to be part of that. And I think it was some great success. And so that is, uh, that is just the, the tip of the iceberg. And so over the next three years, we're going to be, we're going to be doing these trade missions uh, across, 
uh, across the globe. And so stay tuned for, for the next exciting destination. Yeah. Um, and I'll say that I will say that that is probably one of the best things about me being in the mentee, mentee program, um, the youth program. I'm really excited that I do get to take part in a lot of these because that I find on my entrepreneurial journey, because I've been a solo entrepreneur, I work from home. It's very isolating. And I don't think people really realize how big of a difference it can be just meeting people in person and these spaces that um, not only the CGLCC, but the NGLCC, which is the trade mission that just happened in Denver, these spaces that provides people to the opportunity to come together and to meet and to get together. And that's where a lot of those connections do happen. And then I don't want to say, you know, that's where business deals happen, but it's be it's because the personality of the energy of being in it, that that's how you can meet people. And that's how business can come about. And that's so important to put your name out there and to be able to be seen. Um, and so I just want to say that I'm very excited for more of those. <laughs> Well, no, and that and that's great. And I think that that kind of lends uh, leads nicely into kind of the, the last area, which is just really about strengthening the network um, and providing more opportunities for our businesses to connect um, domestically or internationally, um, but also then for us to be able to support them with capacity building development opportunities, um, all the skills and, and knowledge that they need to help to continue to develop themselves so that they can continue to grow and be successful. So that's, those are kind of some of the elements that are going to be taking place under the, under that pillar, under the grow the ecosystem or sorry, uh, under the, uh, start scale up. the scale up. Yeah. The business yeah. scale up. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that has a lot in there. Cause I was really curious. Um, Cause I was going to ask like, well, I'm in the youth mentorship program. So how was that going to change? And I do like that it is granting access to everybody. Like there's not going to be a limit. And that you're still going to have the youth program, but it's going to open it up to a lot more people. Um, I'm, that makes me really, really excited because obviously I'm going to graduate from the youth program um, coming up here, I think, in a month or two. When does that end? October-ish? It is, uh, I believe, October. And I believe that we're planning our, our little like celebratory graduation, if I'm not mistaken, right now. So. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm very, very excited. I'm sad, but I'm good. also very, very excited. <laughs> so yeah, the one big question that I do have about this is that there's a lot going on. There's a lot to help and support. What if, it, I don't know if maybe this is in the other um, areas, but is there any actual like direct access grants that you will be giving to businesses in any term, whether that is in this specific business scale up program or in any of the other programs? So again, we know from our research that access to capital is a big barrier for, for many businesses. And so that is something that we certainly looked at. And when we we're going through the development stage and the, the co-development uh, process, um, we, we flagged this. The reality is, the unfortunate reality is, is that $25 million, which sounds like a lot of money, does not go very far when you're trying to develop programs, um, deliver programming, uh, and we know that the need is, is significant. So un unfortunately, there is no direct granting or loan program built into this particular program. Um, but what we have done and what we will be doing is uh, building out a program that looks at uh, some type of investment model that could work, um, that we could develop, and, sorry, that we could deliver um, post this this project. So um, essentially, we will 
do the research, we'll, we'll identify what is the best model for some type of investment, loan, grant uh, type of, of structure to look like, what works best for um, the Canadian landscape for, for our 2SLGBTQ entrepreneurs, um, do all the groundwork so that way that once we're done, we can actually go back to the federal government and say, okay, this is what is needed. This is the model that works well. Now we just need to fund it. So, mm-hmm. um, so it's it's not ideal. And I know a lot of our our two SLGBTQI plus entrepreneurs and businesses are are looking for that that investment or looking for those grants or that funding. Um, so we're working on it. It just won't be, unfortunately, directly part of of this program. Yeah, and I mean, I do hear that because in order to develop everything you're developing, it's like it's this injection you needed to really kind of build up a lot of these programs. It's like building the foundational pieces so that later on down the road, you can facilitate those kinds of things, whether it's grants or whether it's even just having the the necessary information for people to get access to loans as part of the mentorship program. And then you get mentored through how to actually use that money appropriately. I will say that um, I went through the Futurepreneur program, and that was probably one of the biggest assets in regards to getting that loan for my business was having access to my mentor that came along with the program, because then we could work together to actually figure out where is this money going? Why is it going there? Where's the most intelligent, smart place to put this money? And how is it actually going to move things forward for your business? Um, I think that that's a a really crucial part when you're developing a program. If there's going to be like grants or loans involved, it can't just be like, okay, well, here's your money and like, have a good time because you never know how it's going to actually turn out in that regard, right? Exactly. So we want to make sure that we're we're doing this one justice. So we're taking our our doing our due diligence, taking the time, working with the great partners like Futurepreneur to find out, you know, what worked, what didn't. Um, and there are other, you know, I mentioned the the women entrepreneurship um, program and the Black entrepreneurship program, and there are some type of loan programs under those as well. So that'll all be part of this exercise is kind of looking at, you know, how are they set up? Does that work? But then making sure that we're looking at does that work for us, um, for our community. So, yeah. um, so we will be doing a lot of work around this, and that the hope is, and, and my goal is, is that we'll be able to then have this funded by the time that this this program ends. Yeah. And this leads actually really quite nicely into the next question about ecosystem, which is the next one is the ecosystem fund and what this program looks at achieving with inside of the the big scheme of things. Yeah, and and to be honest, I would say that this is really the core of what this funding, what this program is meant to do. It is um, meant to. So this particular program is supporting the broader ecosystem. And when we, when I'm talking ecosystem, I'm talking about those organizations, those uh, 2SLGBTQI plus uh, business organizations that are there to support our businesses. Um, and we know when we've done when we've done a scan of those support organizations across the across the country, we know that um, first of all that there's areas that there are just no supports or no organizations at all. Um, in others, they're they're struggling, um, struggling with resources, with uh, capacity, with governance model structure issues. Um, and so, what this pillar is meant to do is really strengthen those organizations that are supporting our businesses on the day-to-day basis um, locally, regionally. 
Uh, so this is going to be such a critical piece of the work that we're doing. So, you know, we talked about we're not giving grants. We're unfortunately not able to give grants to entrepreneurs directly, but we where we are granting are to organizations that are supporting entrepreneurs. So that's where this pillar, that's eight and a half million dollars will be focused, will be there to support those businesses, again, that are um, looking for support, whether it's to hire staff, whether it's to um, develop programming, to deliver programming, um, maybe it's even to start up the organization and formally launch the organization, all meant to create at the end of this, to create a strong national network of, of organizations, of other nonprofit organizations that are there solely for the purpose of supporting 2SLGBTQI plus entrepreneurs and businesses. Wow, that sounds pretty amazing because that's where a lot of that groundwork is going to come from is these organizations that help support. It's not just the CGLCC, it's everybody collectively together. Um, you succeed so much more in a community. I learned that many times over that together we're stronger and we, by supporting each other, we get a lot further. So the eco fund sounds like that's going to be doing a lot of that work of finding those organizations that just need help or tweaks or a grant in some regard in order to get the staff they need or the extra person who's going to take them to that next level and that kind of a thing. Um, that's really amazing. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and you're right. Like, you know, us as a national organization, you know, we just, we can't be everywhere. Um, and that's not our, our mandate necessarily. So if we have a strong network that we can, that we can work through and that we can support, um, you know, so we can deliver and develop programming that then we can funnel down to regional organizations and local organizations, that's where we're going to start to see some of that real impact. Um, and it's in those areas that, again, that, you know, uh, we're both based in in Toronto, and but there are regions outside of, uh, of larger metropolitan centers that there's huge needs for. So how can we build supports for, you know, areas in, in northern Manitoba or in in um, the territories or in Atlantic Canada where there is no existing organization. So, um, and then having that body there makes it so much more accessible for those those queer entrepreneurs that are in those regions, in those areas. So mm -hmm. uh, very excited about this one. Yeah. Um, and I can only imagine that the next one we're going to talk about is going to help a lot of that as well, because the next one is building a knowledge hub um, and so I can only assume that this is going to be a huge part and a huge help to those kind of like, you know, digital life has brought us all closer together, but further apart. It's this weird, it's this weird vibe. Um, but, you know, it gives access to a lot of people who are in those places where they can't physically be in Toronto or be in the big cities. They can get online, they can access these kinds of support systems and these things. Um, but like I said before, there is such importance for the also physical to be there. Um, but let's dive into the Knowledge Hub now. So what's this aspect of the grant program going to be uh, in regards to supporting LGBTQ plus or 2S LGBTQIA plus entrepreneurs? Yeah, and, and so this is the last pillar. Um, this is the one that I think there's, a, there's huge opportunities here. And, you know, I think in my mind, I'll probably summarize it into kind of two core buckets um, for this one. One will be really that creating more um, 
data, getting more data, getting more research on 2XLGBTQI plus entrepreneurs and, and businesses. Um, so, I, you know, at the top of the show, you know, we talked about the, the, the research that we've done, which is good. Um, but there needs to be so much more to, to really have a true understanding of what's happening across the country. You know, our data looks at it's, it's national, um, but we haven't, we weren't able to kind of delve deeper into what's happening locally or regionally. Um, so that's one of the things I want to see. I want to see us having a real strong understanding of what's happening in some of those areas in, in Alberta in Northern um, in northern Manitoba, northern Saskatchewan, you know, what is the environment like there and what are the unique challenges and barriers that those entrepreneurs are facing that are realistically going to be very different from the challenges entrepreneurs are facing in Toronto. Um, so being able to have that, that deeper understanding, that deeper um, analysis of the, the data is going to be really critical. Um, I think on the on the flip side, then this is also going to be, you know, it's called the knowledge hub. And so what it's also going to be, it's going to be basically a collection of of resources and, and data that are there to support um, not only to support kind of other um, business organizations that are trying to support entrepreneurs, but also supporting directly entrepreneurs with with tools, with um, access to um, support that they can use within their own business, within their own organization to grow. Um, so it could be a collaboration on, or it could be, a, um, a, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? A collection, collection yeah, is collect the word. A collection yeah, yeah, yeah. of, of you know, uh, educational tools that, that they can apply, that they can um, watch and, and learn around how to, you know, continue to grow their business. So. Um, so I think that those are kind of the kind of oversimplifying the two elements uh, of this program. Essentially, what we'll be doing is we'll be working with an educational uh, institution uh, or more. Uh, there's three million dollars under this bucket to kind of flush uh, to, to deliver this. And so um, there's lots of opportunity to really kind of flush and strengthen, flush this out and strengthen, um, you know, what we're what we can see to to move that the the dial in terms of that data and that access to information for for our businesses. Yeah, and that's really important. I've uh, I've been part of multiple like membership kind of like communities and experiences and um, their membership hubs that they have where you can go in and you kind of sometimes you can go at your own pace or they have courses in there and it's all laid out really nicely. I think the key to creating anything in that kind of sense, if that's, you know, one of the things that comes about is making it super easy and always thinking about their journey and what are they going on. So it's like laying things out in a way that's like, okay, we'll start here and then go here. Um, but that's a great, a great tool that I've utilized in multiple spaces. Uh, and I know that it'll be a huge asset here. The interesting part was I didn't realize that it was going to be a lot of data and research. And I think that that's going to be a really important part uh, of this because taking it forward, like you said, this isn't just this next three years, this is this next three years and beyond that. And so you need to figure that out and collect that data so that in three years, it can be like, okay, well, where are we continuing to grow? Exactly. And, and I should also mention that, and, and this kind of spans all three pillars, but um, including the research element is, you know, I talked about kind of some of those geographical gaps in terms of, um, you know, supports, but 
we're also a big piece of what all of this is going to be looking at and making sure that we're engaging um, and identifying areas where we need better support for our more marginalized community members. Um, so we're talking intersectionality. And so um, you know, looking at queer, black, indigenous people of color, um, looking at our trans community and really getting a better sense of, you know, how, what are some of those challenges that they're facing? How can we better support them? And then delivering on some of that under those other pillars, uh, making sure that we have those supports, those, um, those tools, those resources available for them as well. So, um, and that is gonna be a big piece of, of this. So not only kind of the geographic, make sure that we're all fully national, but also making sure that we're fully encompassing and supporting our entire 2SLGBTQI plus uh, business community. That's great. I love it. Um, you talked a little earlier in the first, uh, the business scale-up program, that there's certifications that are going to be part of that. Um, so I want to know more, if somebody wanted to get certified from the CGLCC as a supplier, what options do they have? Um, because I know I'm a certified diverse supplier, which means my business is 51% or more owned and operated by somebody of the LGBTQ plus uh, community. I had to go through a whole certification program, lots of details I had to go through. And uh, somebody sat down and went through everything to make sure that it all lined up. Um, but what other options do people have if maybe they're not owned and operated, but they want to support the community? And kind of what are those processes for the two different ones? Yeah, for sure. So so the, the supplier diversity program, which you were talking about, is our certification program, which is basically verifying that the business is 51% owned, operated, and controlled by a member or members that identify as the, as part of the 2SLGBTQI plus um, community. And so um, this certification model and, and, and supplier diversity broadly, it is, it is a, it's a global um, a global strategy, a global program. Um, so there are other organizations that certify other diverse owned businesses. So uh, whether they're women owned business, indigenous, black owned businesses, there are organizations that certify those majority owned um, businesses as well. And the whole concept here is really to help create um, a level playing field and create access and opportunities to corporate and government procurement. Um, we know that diverse owned businesses broadly, and you know, in our case, um, LGBTQ owned businesses uh, specifically are underrepresented in corporate and public supply chain. So this certification pro um, program is meant to help to create those opportunities to, to, um, to level that, that playing field like I talked and create those opportunities for our businesses to, to grow. So. Um, so that's the certification piece, um, the supply diversity certification piece. Um, but as you mentioned, yes, so that is limited to those businesses that are majority owned, operated and controlled. Um, we do have another program, which is called the Rainbow Registered uh, Accreditation Program. And essentially what that program is, it is looking at those organizations, those businesses of, of any size in any industry, in any sector um, that really have um, rigorous uh, LGBT uh, pol inclusive policies and practices. It is meant to help to recognize those businesses that are, are safe spaces that are have um, 
really prioritize the need to to be an inclusive company. Um, and so we are we act as uh, we verify that, that the company has those policies, those practices in place. Um, as opposed to those companies that may just say, okay, I'm going to slap the, the rainbow flag on my window or on my door, you know, for perhaps a month, you know, during pride, you know, this is really helping to verify that yes, these companies do in fact have those policies and practices in place um, to um, not only from a, a customer perspective, but from an employee perspective. So um, customers or employees can know that if you're, you're, you know, doing business with that company, if you're looking to be employed with that company, that these are places that are welcoming and safe for you as a, as a member of the 2SLGBTQI uh, community. So um, two different programs, one specifically focused on, you know, kind of that um, LGBTQ ownership. The other is really focused around inclusive policies and practices open to any company uh, within Canada. Yeah. And I will attest to the certification. It really does open the doors. Like I didn't realize how um, many organizations, big corporate organizations are part of the program. And it just opened the doors to me in a way that I never would have had access before, bef before I was in the certification program. I do want to say I made a note um, about the, the rainbow registered. It would be really interesting to see if like pride across Canada or pride Toronto would do something like if a company wants to be in the parade, they have to be rainbow registered because to me going to the pride parade, it has become majorly corporatized, which, you know, it's fine. People got to make money and all that, but I would like it to, I would like to know that it's like, okay, well, at least I know that they're all rainbow registered, which means that there's been due diligence to find out what they actually do inside of their organization. Do you have any idea of maybe the percentage or how many actually are? I don't. And I, I, I won't even I won't even try to make up an answer. But you know, I think but you're absolutely right. And I think that um, there's so much opportunity with this program. This program just launched, um, I'm going to say last year, but maybe my timing is off, but it is a very new program. And I think that there's a lot of potential here, um, to be honest. Uh, and I think that I know that we have had conversations with various pride organizations uh, across the country um, for very much that that what you're talking about is how do we, you know, it's in part like how do we make sure that we're kind of walking that talk right yeah. um, and that we're actually demonstrating that, hey, you know, if we're if we're trying to create a, uh, an inclusive space, let's make sure that we've done some due diligence. And this is a way this is a tool that we can leverage to help ensure that. Um, but we're also having those same conversations with large corporates as well that have, especially those uh, large corporates that have uh, consumer facing um, elements or, or branches or outlets, um, making sure that we can, we can really work with them to try to provide that, again, that safe space, um, not just at the corporate level, but kind of broadly and across um, across the country where they're having those direct interactions with the community, um, whether internally or externally. So, so there's a, there's a lot of potential, a lot of potential here. And we're, uh, I think you're just, we're just seeing the, the tip of the iceberg right now. Good. I didn't realize it was such a brand new program, but I definitely would be one to say, if I'm giving a company my money, I want to know where it's going, especially around pride time, like all year round, but around pride time, if I had that 
it would just add that little extra bit for me to be like, well, you know, I know that something's gone on to know that they actually care about the community and that they're not just here taking our dollars because, you know, there's we contribute 22 billion. Like there's a lot going on there. So everybody's trying to get their fingers into the cookie jar. There is. And, you know, and I think where we're now working towards is how do we how do we continue to support the two programs together? And so when we have a rainbow registered business, one of the things that we're talking to them about is, you know, where are you buying your goods and services from? Can you be procuring um, some services from within the LGBTQ business community? So uh, no longer does it need to be just focused on the, the, the large corporates or governments. Um, any size of business should really be thinking of where am I, where am I buying these, these products or services from? And can I be more deliberate in where I'm buying and who I'm buying from? Um, you know, if you're trying to support um, marginalized community groups and diverse business owners, be conscious about where you're purchasing from and look to see, is there, is there a diverse business that uh, I could be buying from? And that's part of what we'll be doing is helping to facilitate that in some respect um, for our rainbow registered uh, businesses. Amazing. And I'm sure that that's all going to get baked. That's all baked inside of the, the, um, the grant programs as well that we talked about. So with that, how I know that you've got to be expanding the CGLCC huge, hugely. Uh, I know you made an announcement at the summit that it was going to be quite a large number of staff that you were going to be adding and all of that. So with expanding so dramatically in order to facilitate and grow these programs, what types of positions are you looking to fill and what expertise are you looking for support in the organization at this time? Because I know that that's got to be a huge thing on your plate right now is just getting the people to start doing this work. Yeah, that is the that is the focus right now. You know, um, you know, we talked about the timing. There wasn't a lot of timing by the time, um, you know, when the minister made the announcement, um, you know, over the last two months, we've been really trying to crank it out, I guess, um, to try to, to get um, us set up so we can start delivering this because we know that time is ticking. Uh, this, this program, these funds end uh, March 31st, 2026. And so we want to make sure that we're creating the biggest impact that we can in that short period of time. Um, so which means that for us, there's, there is going to be some scaling up for us to do. Um, and we will be, uh, I think by the end of this year, we'll probably be close to a team of 40 that are delivering, that are working on and delivering so many of these, these elements that we talked about. Um, and a big piece of that will be, you know, I talked about that ecosystem. So we'll have team members that are out there engaging with the broader uh, community and organizations out there to find out how we can support them and, and, you know, work with them around um, grant opportunities for their for their nonprofit organizations. Um, we'll have teams that are out there, you know, connecting with our business community and really doing that outreach. We know that, to be honest, one of the biggest challenges that we face is just um, identifying those businesses that identify as LGBTQ. Um, and because there is still that very much that hesitation to self-identify. Um, we know our businesses... You know, continue to face um, discrimination. 
Um, we know that uh, I think it's one in three have actually lost contracts because of having an LGBT ownership. So that hesitation to self-identify is very real. Um, so that's going to be a big piece of, of, uh, of what we're going to be doing and, and where we'll be staffing up is just team to outreach to the broader community to, to inform them about the work that uh, we're doing and why it's important for them as a queer business owner to, to self-identify and start to work with us and our ecosystem partners. Um, and there's going to be, um, you know, uh, project managers to kind of lead a lot of the development of things like the mentorship program, um, continue to expand our global program. So there's a lot of different roles that we're gonna be hiring in a variety of different capacities we have um, you know, some, some coordinator roles, some administrative roles. Uh, we have um, uh, uh, grant coordinator roles, uh, as well as some senior leadership roles as well, um, including the uh, chief operating officer, which we'll be hiring for as well. So um, the whole gamut can be found on our website. This is my shameless plug for the website, uh, cglcc.ca. Um, but, you know, I just encourage people to, to take a look and see, um, you know, if there's if they're interested in getting involved, whether it's through uh, one of the jobs that we have, or just finding out how they can be part of this exciting and and monumental, and I think this really is a monumental um, uh, activity. And we, it's not lost on me this, um, you know, kind of what the government has done um, is very important for our community, and so we want to make sure that um, we're hearing and engaging as many of our community as possible to help to deliver this, to help to shape this, um, and to create that that significant impact that we know we can have. Yeah, there's the history-making impact that I know is going to have. History-making. History-making. I um, like it. Yeah, so I'm going to make sure that uh, the website is in the show notes for anybody who's curious or looking and wants to either support the CGLCC, get certified themselves, or wants to go look at the, the board of job opportunities, because I'm sure they're going to continue trickling out as more people come. What's the what's the team now, like the team number now? So we are at, uh, well, it's... It, it's starting to change daily. We we just hired somebody yesterday, but I think we're at twelve or thirteen now. Okay. Um, so so we're you're getting like quadrupling so. to like forty <laughs> yeah. ish ish. Wow, that's amazing. Well, Daryl, I, I used wanna... to have more hair than this. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you still have hair. It's great. We're good. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, Daryl, it has been such a pleasure. I just want to thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. I know that a lot of people are curious and interested about, you know, these programs and how they can actually help uh, 2S LGBTQIA plus entrepreneurs in Canada. Um, so thank you for doing the work that you do. I personally thank you so much for doing the work you do because this program has just change so many things in my business and the access that I have and the people I've met and the business that has come towards me since then has been monumental. And I'm just so excited to see how it grows and to help continue support, you know, once I graduate my mentorship program uh, to continue support and helping the organization grow. So thank you for being on the show today. Well, thank you for, for having me. You know, I really appreciate this, you know, an opportunity to, to share what we're doing and to share this program um, and I'm so glad to hear about, you know, to hear the, the success that you've been having that, that, you know, at the end of the day, that's what this is all about. That is what we're in business for. It is to, 
to help support our, our businesses be successful uh, and to be part of that, the Canadian economy. So, um, so thank you for helping to facilitate uh, me spreading the word and, and sharing kind of the work that we do to help them. So thank awesome. you. Awesome. Well, yes, it's, I'm very excited to do so. Um, so yeah, thank you for being on the show today. What a fantastic and amazing, you know, place I live in Canada. I'm so grateful to be here and that our government has invested in programs like this. Um, it just makes me so excited to hear everything that Daryl shared with us about the program and what we can look forward to uh, for the next three years with the CGLCC and developing these amazing programs for entrepreneurs. Um, I want to make sure that you check out more information at the CGLCC website. So if you want to know more, uh, if you want to become a certified diverse supplier or get rainbow registered or find out more about the organization, you can go to cglcc.ca. That'll be in the show notes for you, the link. Um, and if you're looking for job opportunities, make sure you go there as well, because like Daryl said, they're growing by very, very quickly. So there's jobs going up all the time on the website. Thanks again for tuning in today. Don't forget to hit those likes and subscribe buttons. Um, and if you really enjoyed today's episode, give it a star rating. I would really, really appreciate it. As this is a new podcast. It really helps the algorithm, um, lets Apple and Spotify and everybody know that this is a great podcast. So that's it from me. Peace, love, rainbows, and have a magical day, everybody. Bye.